You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast.
actually kind of getting like a slap upside the head by Jesus. Has anyone had a spiritual like slap upside the head of like it's time to wake up? Um, so he gave me this message called Refocus. Um, actually, in the middle of our kids' crusade on Wednesday night, and if I if I've talked with you about this before, I actually called it the glitch. And I know glitch kind of sounds in a negative way, but it actually was just a split second of like, hmm, what happened? I was speaking, I was talking to the kids, and it was great, and it probably looked like just a split second out here for the normal eye, but me and Jesus had a conversation in that glitch, in that middle of the kids' crusade. I'm like, wait, I'm trying to talk here. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to do what you call me to do. And he's like, wait, you're missing the point. And the point is what we're going to be talking about here this morning. So uh, before I continue, let's just welcome God here once again, just to refocus our minds what we're about to listen to. God, we take a moment right now to pause. We want to take a deep breath. We want to refocus our mind, our spirit on you here this morning. God, some of us have had a crazy week, crazy month, even crazy year. God, we pray that that just gets rechanneled, refocused, that if we are out of blur, that we have caused things to cause to, to have a blurriness. God, when we focus on you, you bring everything into focus. And so we want to acknowledge that this morning. And we give all praise and glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, I actually forgot to say this during announcements. If you check your bulletins, it's a little, it's a little blurb. Check your bulletins. Uh, Ken Mallard's memorial service is tomorrow. Um, it's at 11. The family welcomes you. So if you have uh, that time in that heart, we want you to be able to come. So check your bulletin for those announcements. Okay. <clears throat> um, Mark chapter 2. The scripture is going to be up on uh, on the screen. Is it going to be up on the screen? The passage is going to be up on the screen. Um Mark chapter 2, we're going to read the first 12 verses. Um, one of the messages that we had, excuse me, for Kids Crusade was of this, and that was on Wednesday night. And I got very comfortable into speaking about this to the kids because I love the imagery that happens here. I love, um, I love how it's described. I love the uh, connection. I love just the way that this, it's about friends. It's about healing. It's about calling. It's about coming. Um, but again, sometimes we get so caught up in doing our normal everyday walk with Jesus that it becomes almost to a point monotonous. A point where it's like, this is what I do. I wake up. I do this. I get up and I do that. I get up on Sundays. I go to church. I come and I sing praises. I come and I give my tithe. All great things. That is what God has expected us to do. I'm not saying or discounting the importance of that. But if we forget to be able to pour into the word of God, to hear about what he wants us to say today, then we have missed the point. Do you hear what I'm saying? We can read God's word, which I hope we do every single day, because God, God's word allows us to have a refocus every single day. But if we forget to be able to say, God, what is it that you want me to hear today? For what it is that you want me to learn, then we miss the point of reading God's word, of being connected to him. Do you guys get what I'm saying this morning? So let's read what God's word has to say. <clears throat> we have it up on the screen, mine's um, NIV, so come along with me. <clears throat> A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, 
the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can give sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take up your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority to, on earth, to forgive sins. So, he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. And they got up and were amazed. I love that in the stories that we talk about with healing, or even just in the everyday passing of Jesus, people left amazed. In some way or shape or form, they said, this man is different in some way. He has power. And that's why people were even gathering. So let's dig into what the scripture is saying. The first thing I want you to notice is that Jesus took care of the first things first. He took care of the first things first in this. The man who came was clearly needing some help. He was paralyzed, most likely he was paralyzed from birth, not being able to get up and move himself physically to the feet of Jesus or even to go and see him. But he addressed the, Jesus addressed the first things first. Yes, they see you are paralyzed, they can clearly see. And I love, if you, if you read into God's, into, into the scriptures, uh, Jesus usually asks people who are blind, what is it that you want? Well, clearly, um, I want to see. Uh, he'll ask the paralyzed man, what is it that you want? Clearly, I want to walk. What is it? A par- uh, with, with leprosy or um, my child has just died, whatever. What is it that you want? And he's asking, even in a, in a sense, he wants you to come and ask. But in here, he notices the first thing is this man's heart. He addresses this man's heart first. And he took care of the heart and then he took care of the, the, the physical. He put the first things first. He, uh, fo- when we focus on God and his desires for us in our life, we find passion. We find his will. When we seek his will, we find rest at his feet. And this is, I love this imagery again. What happens here? That man became a walking testimony. Literally. Stood up, took up his mat, and then began to walk. This man had not done that. And these people, he probably even had a reputation at some point to be like, oh yeah, that's the man who sits right there. He's paralyzed. Maybe if someone tried to ignore him, look the other way. But then, he, I could just picture it. He stands up and people just, whoosh, and he walks. Did you see it? My goodness. And people are like, what just happened? And I think from there, Days after, still become a walking testimony of when Jesus met this man. 
as well. We need to remember to walk the testimony. Did you know that you have your own testimony to be able to walk with? If you have been given a passion, if you have been given uh, a calling upon your life, which we believe that when you are saved, or even before, you have a passion, you have something that you enjoy, but you also have a calling upon your life. No one can do you, no one can do what you have been called to do better than you. Do you get that? No one can do what you have been called to do that God has called you to do better than you. That's why God called you. For you to do it. Therefore, you become the walking testimony. And how are we walking here today? How are we walking here this morning? Tired? Maybe a little, um, maybe a little worn out. Heavy, heavy, heavy brain. Um, got a lot on your mind. What is the, the testimony that we're going to be um, walking here? Jesus went to the heart of man, not only for the salvation of the man. He said, look, I'm going to need to address the most important thing here, which is your heart. Now, in Bible times, people would assume that there's some sort of something physical. There's something physically wrong with you, then obviously you clearly must have sinned, or maybe your parents have sinned in the past, which is why you are how you are now. And God is saying, no, look, I'm going to address your heart. What has been said to this man? Can you picture that? What has been said to this man that's been sitting on the side of the road for years and years? Maybe there's a lot of pity going out to this man of being able to come and receive money. He can't get a job. He can't walk. He can't go and do anything. People are going to be giving him money to be able to buy food, perhaps. Water. But clearly, some people stopped in their way, on their way to Jesus. I can already picture it. Jesus is here in the house. We're going to go and see him because, for whatever reason, they wanted, they knew about him. They knew of his power. They knew about his calling. Maybe they were curious. Maybe they wanted to see who truly this Jesus was. But on their way, and i got to believe it's the first, that they believe that Jesus had something amazing to do. That's why they were going. They said, wait, we need to stop where we're going right now and be able to take this man with us. And he clearly needs help. And they did. And they brought him. I want, I want to be careful on how this is sounding. When, when I was in the middle of um, Kids Crusade that night, and I said that there's that connection that Jesus and I had, Jesus called me on some stuff. He called me on some stuff that I want to be able to... Feel it necessary to even be able to share because I feel that it's just something that we need to hear this morning. Are you okay with that? He said, What pretty much what are you doing? Are you coming to church just to come to church? Are you reading your Bible just so that you can check that off your list for the day? Are you coming and, you, and you're singing praises to me, but your mind is elsewhere? Are you focusing on what it is I want you to do today? It's very easy to be able to be caught up in the obstacles of our life, the things that cause us to get blurred vision, in other words. It's very easy to be able to get caught up in the things that um, maybe excuses or things that cause us from being in the seat of Jesus. This man, this paralyzed man, had every excuse in the book. The biggest one being he physically can't walk to the seat of Jesus.
Maybe it's the things that were said to him. Well, I'm not worth anything, right? People pass me every single day. I'm not good enough for the touch of Jesus. Maybe it's things that he had done. But what are the obstacles that are keeping us? And I want to tell you guys this morning that sometimes the biggest obstacles that we have and that we face are ourselves. Did you hear it? Sometimes the biggest obstacles that we face in our lives are ourselves. What are we putting in our way to be able to really get connected to Jesus this morning? A lot of times for myself, I'll speak personally, it's the schedule. You're busy. But Jesus understands. He knows. He knows my schedule. He knows that I love him. I can just skip out on doing this, and he knows. I'll say a little quick prayer. And we'll be on our way. But I have missed the point. I have become out of focus on what it is that God wants me to do today to walk the testimony that he has given me today. Because I can only handle today, let me tell you. That's why God says, God's word says, only focus on today. Let tomorrow worry about self. And I am the biggest worry word that you will ever meet in the face of this earth. I'm telling you. to note, and this was something that was big in the middle of Kids Crusade, we forget as we read this story in Matthew, uh, sorry, in Mark chapter 2, why people were even coming to find Jesus to begin with. We go straight to the miracle. We go straight to the fact that this man was healed, and we forget why they were going in the first place. Jesus comes. He has, a, he already has pretty much a reputation for himself when he started his ministry. His ministry is about three years long. And once he started his ministry, he started getting a name for himself. Oh, this is Jesus. And then people started noticing, oh, wait, this is Jesus. I'm going to follow him, one, or I'm going to watch him, two. And we had kind of some different people who came and we knew that were at this house. We knew he was at, his, at a house, at a home. He came back home with what they said. But he's coming here, most likely to be able to, 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 to either visit friends or family, but he came. And when people come, when he came in and people are noticing, I'm going to follow him, the place gets super packed. They came for either, I know Jesus, and I want to be with Jesus, and that's why I'm going to follow him. They came, who is this Jesus? I've heard about him. I've heard of his testimonies. I've heard of all the things that he's been doing miraculously around. I want to go and see. I'm curious. But we also know, and we re- and represent even in the story, that there are people that are taking notes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those people who are questioning in their heart. Who is this guy who thinks that he can heal and save people? Only God can do that. He must be blaspheming. But remember, he didn't, they didn't say it audibly. But Jesus knew in their hearts that what they were, they're, they're taking notes. Oh, he can do that. And Jesus still addressed that. But what they came with, they came there for their own reasons. But Jesus gave them back all, at least one thing that we know of. When we read about it, it says, He gave them the word. He gave them the word. Regardless of whatever reason that they were coming to follow Jesus, once they were there in his presence, he gave them the word, and their lives were changed. 
that we can see. In the same way that this, these, all these people here became changed. I love to do um, exegesis, research, hermeneutics. I love being able to um, read what it is that God's um, word is saying. And, and I'm like, oh, I want to go further into this. What is it? Why is it that Jesus said to the man, your sins are forgiven? What is that? What is he saying? And we know, and we've read before, and you've probably even heard it before, is that sins is that breaking, that, that, that falling away from God. There's something that keeps us away from our relationship with God. And the reason why Jesus is so important is because he is that connector. We're here, and we have sin, and we have fallen short. God says that we have all fall, we all fall short of the glory of God. That's why we need Jesus to connect us to a relationship with God. Your sins are forgiven. The things that are holding you back, back here, those excuses, the obstacles that maybe you said, I can't be able to get to the feet of Jesus, Jesus says that's no longer anymore. Let's throw that away because forgiveness literally means to pardon, to push away that is not any part of you anymore. Let's address that first before I handle your physical body. first and foremost, the wounds that were healed 
world and addressed first were those internal wounds. And we can all say that we have some internal wounds, right? Things that hold us back internally, and maybe sometimes they are physical. But I believe that Jesus is still in the miracle working business, and he can still touch your physical body and heal you here today. And we're going to have a chance to be able to get some sort of healing, whether it be spiritual, emotional, physical, will happen here today. I believe that in Jesus. Some other notes that I have for you this morning that really stood out to me. Some of us may still be in a waiting to stand up, or maybe we've forgotten what it means to walk with Jesus. What does it mean? Been a Christian pretty much my whole life. I gave my life to Jesus and my mom's little brown Volvo that smelled like Taco Bell. I turned myself around. I gave my heart to Jesus right there in the passenger seat outside of Burger King right after church one Sunday. Seven years old. I don't really remember so much after that besides just this is what we do. We come to church. That's what we do. We wake up and we come to church. And sometimes, again, remember I said at the beginning, we have this monotonous way, which means I walk, I walk. I walk, I walk with Jesus my whole life. And I don't mean that in a prideful way, because I have my own struggles, 100%. But sometimes we end up getting in the habits that cause us to be blurred. That, that calling that God has upon our life ends up becoming a little bit Sometimes habits are bad. But I believe that God has put a calling and a passion upon each of our lives to be able to walk a testimony that is focused for Him. To walk with Jesus means this it is the daily and consistent commitment to say yes to Jesus and His calling upon your life. To walk with Jesus is the daily, did you get it? Even for those of us who have been saved for several years, you could still be a baby Christian, you could be a Christian for years, but it is the daily commitment, consistent, saying yes to Jesus, and I will follow you all the days of my life. If I wake up in the morning and I forget to say yes to Jesus, I have missed the point. I have become blurred. My vision has become blurry as to what my what my mission is. And maybe some of us need a little bit of that reignited passion that God has put upon your life. That we can become a little bit hazy in a way of not seeing clearly. To receive the forgiveness, if, if we know Jesus forgave the man's sins, but to forgive, um, which we know, we believe, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and through him all people can be saved, and when we receive that, we are saved. Right? To receive the forgiveness which frees us from those obstacles. Remember, what are those obstacles in our life? And we all have different ones. Today it was really hard for me. Got got the nerves. We have some stuff going on in our own personal life as a family. Maggie had a fever this morning. You know, those things are not, these things are not in the agenda. 
And I've learned very quickly in this season of where I am right now is that my agenda versus God's agenda is not always the same agenda. You know what I'm talking about? And if we choose to go on God's agenda, all else things will fall into place. But we need to make the first step to walk the testimony into God's agenda. So, here's my question for us. And we ask this kind of on a regular basis um, up in staff. We are subject to burnout. When we become very consistent on things um, that are blurry, we get we can we all we all are subject to be able to get tired and worn out and weary, and we need to refocus. You know, that's why God says He comes every morning, be in God's word every single day, because we are all subject to burnout. But here's what we ask ourselves: Who are you doing this for? Who are you doing this for? Because if it's not for Jesus, then your life is in need of a refocus. That's what God spoke to me while I was up here on that. If it's not for me, then who are you doing it for? You're doing it for man, then you're going to get worn out. Your spirit's going to get drained. People are going to, you're going to disappoint people and vice versa. But if you're doing it for God, Okay, I'm going to give you what you need for right now, for this day, for today, for to you, for you to walk the testimony. I'm going to give you the strength that you need. Because if we're not doing it for Jesus, we need a refocus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hear what God's saying to you this morning? I hope so. I want to be able to give some time for response, so I'm going to call our worship team uh, back up. assume anything today of where we are. I don't need to know that's between you and Jesus. I tell that to the kids all the time. We're about to have a you and Jesus time. It's not a me, you and Jesus. It's not even your friend, you and Jesus. It's a you and Jesus. And I hope that God is maybe tugging on something today. Something that needs to get addressed, refocused. Are you heavy burdened? Do you need rest? Do you need peace? Do you need a refocus, a rejuvenation? Do you need a physical healing touch? An emotional healing touch? Or do you just need to be at the feet of Jesus? Because where that, where where that is, where Jesus is, you come to the feet of Jesus, the blessed best place that you can. get in your way of what Jesus wants to do in your life. And remember, the biggest obstacles can be yourself. Don't let your job, your friends, your family, what happened this morning, what happened last week, what even happened years ago in the past that may still be affecting you today. Don't let them get in the way of what Jesus wants to do today. Have a little to find focus 
you to find the passion? What's that passion that God has put upon your life? Those things that keep you going, that you know that God has gifted you with, those gifts and talents, what is that passion? Does it need a little bit of a rekindling? We also need to overcome the obstacles. Once you have your passion, let me tell you, and you say yes to Jesus, sometimes it gets, a little, it gets easy to fall back into old habits. You need to overcome those obstacles because next would be to come to the feet of Jesus. In order to come to the feet of Jesus, you got we need to push past those obstacles of whatever it is today. Tomorrow, we'll worry about itself. What people have said to you, what people have not said to you. It's time to come to the feet of Jesus. We need to uncover his calling, and that goes very well hand in hand with the finding your passion. We each have been called, we each have passion, we each have passion. It goes hand in hand. It's time to uncover it. If you don't know what your calling is upon your life yet, good time to ask and consistently start asking and praying for God to uncover what that calling is. And let me tell you, just a little blurb, this does not necessarily mean a pulpit up here. It has to be done this way. Your pulpit could be in your classroom. Your pulpit could be in your, in, in, as you're driving cars. Your pulpit could be in your home. Your pulpit could be on your block. You have been called to preach the good news, and it doesn't have to be up here. It could be in your own special, individual life where God has placed you. And always, first and foremost, we need to seek his will. God, what is it that you want me to do? Not necessarily in a huge global. Of course, I always love to know what it is in the big picture. But today, I need to seek his will today. And so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to stop talking because Jesus is going to do something here today. Or if he already has, praise the Lord. We have some people prepared to receive. If you're like, in this case, the paralyzed man, and you need help, like not physically, but I just need someone to come. I need someone to pray with me. We have people here prepared to do that. But Jesus addressed something in my life. He says, your heart has been paralyzed. It's time to get up and walk. Stand up. Walk the testimony. Get rid of your obstacles. I'm here.
you are somebody who needs a specific prayer in that area, I want to say yes to Jesus, can you just give me a little wave really quick? Thanks for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.